Hello everyone and welcome to ARC Advisory Group's Digital Transformation Podcast. This is Indrapreet Shokar, Senior Analyst at ARC Advisory Group, and today we are talking with Anisa Muthana. She is the President and CEO at Pioneer Service. Anisa is a successful businesswoman and also a strong advocate of diversity in manufacturing. Diversity is a topic very dear to her heart, and she regularly speaks at industry conferences and events to promote a more diverse and inclusive culture in the manufacturing industry. Today, we are very fortunate to have her join us for this conversation. Anisa, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Anisa, to start off, would you like to tell us a little more about yourself? Absolutely. So, again, my name is Anissa Mfanna, and I'm a CEO and president of Pioneer Service. We uh, manufacture precision machine parts for a wide variety of industries, including medical devices and aerospace. I've been in this role for the past 27 years, and I'm, you know, I'm a huge advocate of manufacturing and pushing through those stigma of manufacturing. So, Anisa, you are, as we mentioned, that you're an advocate for diversity. Um, but are there any personal experiences that helped you realize that importance of being an advocate for diversity in manufacturing? Absolutely. Uh, at a very young age, I was exposed to manufacturing. And um, my parents opened up a machine shop when I was 11 years old. And I had the privilege of being on the shop floor with uh, different people, different types of backgrounds, age groups from a very young age. So diversity to me was the norm. So later in my career, realizing it wasn't the norm for everyone made me into that advocate. Uh, I know firsthand when my mother came to this country, uh, she came with no education, uh, no previous history in manufacturing. And it was when it was old, grimy, dirty machine shop back then. And, um, and she just really, you know, thinking back to what she went through and the environment that she worked in and accepted others and was accepted by others really you know, fueled that passion of mine, knowing that she was able to succeed under those circumstances back when there weren't any women, went back when there weren't any, you know, people that looked like her on the shop floor. So if she was able to succeed, I don't see a reason why I shouldn't. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, so what exactly does diversity mean to you? So diversity, I think that what's important is that we realize that it's not checking off a box or using it as a buzzword. What's important is really defining it and what it means for each of us. Because diversity to me may be different than diversity to someone else. You know, it's funny because we have an older white male working on our shop floor and he jokes and says, I'm the minority. <laughs> and so, you know, so he's diversity for my company, uh, where when you would walk into a different company, that wouldn't be the case most of the time. So I think that what first and foremost is that we define it as an individual and as a company. And, you know, to really be and have sustainable success and diversity and inclusion in any company, um, I think that the, the, the perspective should be more about making everyone feel comfortable, making everyone feel like they belong, and also making everyone part of the process. And so I wouldn't want, if I was, if I was walking into, and I have 
walked into a room that had no one that looked like me, I wouldn't want to be a charity case. I wouldn't want to be something that, you know, a, a trophy saying, oh, we checked off our box. Here she is. She's a woman. Um, and, you know, she comes from a different background than the rest of us. I would want to bring value to any uh, place, whether it be a boardroom, whether it be my company, whether it be contributing on any level, I would want to contribute and bring value. So I don't want diversity to replace um, what my value brings. And so I think that that scope is important. And I feel that everyone should define what that looks like for them. And that's what diversity means to me. I couldn't agree more with you, Anisa. I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, when we talk about diversity, it's kind of a checkbox. But uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. Diversity and inclusions, they go hand in hand. Um, so, Anisa, you mentioned that you have been in, in the industry for over 27 years. So when you talk to different people um, in the industry or even outside the industry, do you feel there are some misconceptions about diversity? Absolutely. I feel that it's an all or nothing. Um, I, and that obviously not all the time, but many times, you know, you, you hear these organizations or, you know, these publications with the misconceptions of men versus women, uh, or millennials versus baby boomers. And I think that that then leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth, right? Someone's not going to like that. Why is it, why does it have to be that? And so I think the misconception is that, um, first and foremost, going back to what I said earlier, that, you know, it's a charity case or we're victims or, uh, you know, disadvantaged. I don't feel that at all. As a woman in a male-dominated industry, I don't feel like a victim. I don't feel like, even though I'm underrepresented, that doesn't mean that I'm not capable of hanging with the rest of, you know, the people in the room or in the conference or at my company or whatnot. Or whatnot. Um, but I think what's important is, is that we don't see it as, you know, them versus us, because that makes us seem disadvantaged and we're not. And I feel that this country, uh, we are very blessed to be here and to be able to tap into so many different opportunities. So it's not that I'm not naive. You know, I'm not naive to what goes on and the misconceptions and, you know, the almost like, what is she doing here? I'm not naive to that. But I let the results speak for themselves. And I let um, a positive mindset drive me and not a defensive one. And I think that that's a, a, that's a huge misconception that it's almost like it's a fight. It shouldn't be a fight. It should be something that everyone at least tries to adapt to. And when you realize that they're not or that there's a different agenda, you have to ask yourself, is that something that you want to be part of? And so, um, or associated with, right? So that I think is a big misconception. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, Anissa. I think um, um, in any field, you are always, if you want to, you're always able to find people who are willing to help you. Uh, I love your positive attitude. Um, so uh, tell me, do you think there are some differences when we compare uh, a diverse business with a non-diverse business? 
And what does a diverse business have that a non-diverse business may lack? Or are there any practical advantages? Well, yeah, I, I believe the science behind it, having a diverse team is out there. And everyone, I'm sure, has already heard the statistics. But me personally, you know, I believe that innovation is championed through diversity. And so in the manufacturing world, needing innovation to be ahead of the game, uh, needing a skilled workforce and not being able to tap into, you know, you know, limiting myself to one group of people is limiting my growth. And so I believe that, you know, diversity not only brings innovation, but it also helps develop your company and yourself on a personal level. Because if everyone on your team looks like you and comes from the same background as you, then you've just limited the opinions, the perspectives, the ideas that will come to the table. And so giving everyone a voice and making sure that, that those voices are tapped into makes companies stronger. And also, you know, now today it's not like what it was in the 80s or 60s or 70s back in the day. Today, you know, we, we know better. And so, and because we know better, we should do better. And that also, you know, attracts the most innovative type of people. You know, most of the time when people look to hire, to become hired or looking to, um, you know, when you're looking to recruit, recruit people, What's important is what are they looking for? And most of the time, people are looking for not just necessarily the highest paying employer, but opportunities for growth. And what better opportunities for growth when you have a diverse team? Absolutely. Um, Anisa, you have been in the industry for a while. In terms of diversity, how do you think the industry is changing what has improved most in the industry as a whole, um, say, in the past 10 years? And are there areas that can still use some work? Absolutely. Um, I, I believe that if we were to look back at when my mother was on the shop floor, when it was dark, grimy, dirty, um, and today when you walk on a shop floor, see a much cleaner, more organized um you know, opportunities. I think that that opens up doors for people that wouldn't consider the industry. That's first and foremost. Um, and in doing so, it's more welcoming to women than it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, even while I, you know, when I began, I thought I grew up on the shop floor. So I, it, it was my life. It was, it was normal for me. But for someone, an outsider walking in, especially a woman, it might not have been as appealing. And today I feel like we've made a lot of headway in promoting the industry and showing that, you know, the different backgrounds and the, the different genders obviously are, are welcomed and capable of working in this industry. And in, in doing so, I feel like that we have come a long way. Um, but we still have, you know, quite a bit work to do. Um, I feel that there isn't enough diversity. Uh, but again, it's not a matter of checking off a box. It takes time. It takes time to build a team, uh, let alone a diverse, a, a diverse team and making sure that everyone, again, feels as if they belong because that really is what inclusion is, is that everyone feels that they have a voice, 
Everyone feels that they're contributing and they feel like that there's a room, there's room for growth. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. But I think we are taking um, steps in that direction and there's more and more attention to it um, every day. Yeah, absolutely. We are definitely trying to bring in more attention to this, you know, trying to um, recruit uh, young kids in, in trying to help them uh, establish interest in STEM field and um, trying to get more women in uh, manufacturing as well. So we're definitely trying and uh, it's, it's the right direction. Um, but Anissa, I, I want to ask you this, that um, one of the issues or challenges um, sometimes people feel is that they don't know what to do when they feel disrespected in the workplace. And sometimes it may be coming from their peers as well. Um, any thoughts on how can one address such behavior? So I used to always say, um, use that as fuel for your fire. Let that drive you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I used to do. I used to take anybody that really underestimated me or disrespected me. And I use that as fuel. And I, you know, the more they did it, the more successful I became. Um, but today, you know, I'm older and I feel like I'm wiser. And I honestly don't even pay attention to it. Um, as an employer, I have to. I have to make sure that uh, my team plays nice and mm-hmm. there's mutual respect. And I'm very proactive in making everyone feel welcome and setting those boundaries and leading by example. And so when people see that something may have frustrated me and if I react in a way that's negative, then, you know, they're going to do the same thing and it'll be justified. But if I look at big picture and I'm treating everyone and giving everyone the benefit of the doubt, then that's the culture that I will build. So it really becomes leading by example. Now, outside my four walls, when I am, again, many times, you know, underestimated or, you know, I hear things being said at times, you know, why is she here? She doesn't belong here. or What's going on? Or, you know, checking off or I have, oh, look it, we have her on our team. We, you know, <laughs> like, it's like they've checked off their box. And so, and it's comical at times, you know, it, it really is. But I have to realize and give them the benefit of the doubt that that's the environment that they came from. And fighting it and pointing it out won't do anything but encourage it. And that's that's my – it's different for everyone. But for me personally, what I've chosen to do is not be naive to it, but I allow the results to speak for themselves. I put in the hard work. I roll up my sleeves. I walk into a room and demand respect by the way I hold myself, by the way I talk to others. And I won't allow anyone to disrespect me, but it doesn't have to be, you know, aggressive. It could just be your demeanor. It could be the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look. And when you have enough of those experiences, you see people literally transforming in front of your eyes. And it's an extremely rewarding experience. Am I the poster child? Absolutely not. Is it my responsibility? Absolutely not. Do I do it? Absolutely I do. Because I enjoy it. It brings me comfort to know that there is, whether it be one person 
or a group full of uh, a group of people is mindset changing because of the way I respond to things. It tells me the next time they see someone, whether it be a woman or someone from a different background from of them, I know that they will probably think twice before they behave the way they behaved with me. And so for that, it's extremely rewarding. And that, to me, although I make parts and I'm very proud of the products that ship out of my shop, it's bigger than that. I want to be known for more than just making parts. I want to create a legacy that others can look at and say, she paved the way. She broke through barriers. And I had a, an amazing mother that led that for me. So it's not really that difficult. And it's not brain surgery. It's just really having self-control and a, a strategic plan on what you want to do and not necessarily react to others. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Um, so Anisa, say someone wanted to explore the industry but was feeling alienated or isolated. Um, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be? So I would say, tell yourself you belong. Say it day in and day out. Look in the mirror and tell, you, tell yourself you belong. You have to build the confidence. No one is going to hand it to you. And in the way of building confidence is do your homework. Be ready to work hard. And it's not always fair. But seriously, the world is unfair. It's as simple as that. Do we want justice? Do we want things to be right? Of course. But we're not going to always face that. But I would say that if you're working in a company that is welcoming and that treats you right, then Build that confidence, put the effort in, build your name, but at the same time, build your network inside and outside your company and always think no matter where you work. And I even tell my employees this, always think of a plan B because if something doesn't go right, if you don't feel like you belong, it is your responsibility to find plan B. Again, I encourage people to come into this industry you know, the millennials, you know, Generation Z, women, all different backgrounds. We need you. We need you in this industry. But you have to find the right cultural fit. And if you don't, it's on you to change that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Anisa, I know that uh, you try to um, achieve a very positive and diverse culture at your organization as well. Uh, so are there any ways you think that uh, your company culture is helping to operate effectively under today's unusual circumstances? Yeah, well, it's obviously COVID was uh, definitely unwelcomed, um, but it has allowed the industry to shine. I think that, you know, I say it all the time, manufacturing time to shine, um, especially after the recession um, and, you know, all of the business going overseas. I shouldn't say all the business, but a lot of the business going overseas. And so I feel that this is an opportunity for employers to prove that we do take care of our people. Um, and this applies not just to manufacturing, but overall. And that's going to build a cultural. I remember when COVID hit, uh, we would have daily meetings, daily daily huddles. Um, I had employees making masks at their home, bringing them to work when we couldn't find masks. And it was just, it was everyone cared for each other. 
you know, we were bringing toilet paper, passing it out. Uh, we were getting, you know, lunch from a local business. So we would, you know, help local businesses. And that way my employees had lunch and we were also supporting local businesses at the same time. So it's, it's when you're going through a challenging time is when you really are building your company culture. And when this was months later after, you know, COVID and this is becoming our new norm, you know, my team got together and, and made a video thanking me for not cutting their hours, for not rushing, because we did. We, you know, um, business revenue went down drastically immediately as, um, you know, our governor announced that companies would shut down. Um, California, we had uh, a couple of customers out there that we sell parts for Tesla literally shut down and, 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 and stopped placing orders and stopped releases. And that was about those two customers alone were about 30% of our business. And on top of that, other companies were slowing down, but we were, we were very lucky because we were making parts for the medical device industry and we were making parts for oxygen equipment and ventilators without even knowing it. And so in our huddles, when we would have and we would ask about our families and, and, and sincerely, like my leads, my managers, in particular upper management, we would go to individuals knowing that they were going through a hard time, whether it be childcare or they had, you know, older parents that they had to take care of. And we would ask about them. And so at the time, it was just the right thing to do. It wasn't that we were trying to build a, a cultural, but months later, you know, looking back at it, my team is extremely grateful for it. And so that's how you build um, a, a culture that you want to be proud of and a culture that you want people to be attracted to is when there's adversities, how do you respond? You know, do you, is it, the, is it only about the bottom line or is it more than that? And so, um, so that's very important for me and for my company and for the leadership team. This is, um, this uh, is aligned to the core values that we have for the company. And they're not just pretty words on the wall. It's more than that for us. Absolutely. I think all those companies who uh, treat their employees just as family members and the company acts like a big family, I think uh, they do benefit in the long run. Uh, something easier to achieve if a small business want to do, but uh, something that, you know, even big companies can try to achieve as well. Thank you so much for your time today. I think this discussion was very helpful and um, even enlightening and inspiring for me. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. So this is Indrapit Shoker of ARC and we were talking with Anisa Muthana of Pioneer Service. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.